Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa, and I give a shit. I really do. You know, it's really uh, incredible, like, to see what's going, the war on the arts. It's so funny because people don't even understand, like, they're, the the Trump and the Republicans, they don't even understand what they're cutting by funding the arts. Like, they're, they're, it really involves, like, marching bands and bringing opera and, and just bringing culture to uh, faraway places like small towns outside in the Midwest, which is basically just having people understand each other and uh, will actually help bring our country together. But that as a concept is like way, way too, uh, too complex for them, I guess. So we'll just be buying more nuclear bombs, which is really, really frightening. Um, although I do love how all, all you guys, my peeps, everyone out there is really starting to take charge and get involved in our democracy. So I think we can do it. And not only that, I'm feeling much better about uh, solidarity with my people on the planet. So I, I'm going to remain optimistic. But this is also a good time to pitch that you guys should donate money to Radio Free Brooklyn because we're going to all need Radio Free Brooklyn. So if you go to our uh, website, www.radiofreebrooklyn.com, and uh, donate, or you can just donate to this show, Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit, and then I get all the credit for getting you to donate. Anyway, money or not, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. So today is going to be a really interesting day. I have uh, somebody who I have socialized a little bit with. I don't know him very well uh, in, in a really meaningful way. I have mostly seen him at parties, but he came up to me because he has a lot of shit he wants to discuss. So uh, I think this should be good, and maybe if I can use the word without offending him, juicy. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Colin, hello. Hey, how you doing? Okay, so this is what I, you wrote that you said you were going to discuss today, yeah. folks. Yeah. Put on, put on your seatbelts. Or, or maybe get a box of tissues. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, we're going to discuss, uh, Colin, we are going to be discussing your love life for the past four years uh, from being with a dominatrix, you dated a dominatrix. Yeah, for about four months. Which and was then a you had an open relationship, and uh, you learned a lot of lessons. Yeah, yes. In the last four years, so we're all going to be sharing in the lessons that Colin has learned. Thank you, Colin. Yeah. But before we get started on Colin's um, path, learning about Colin's path, I just want to get a little intake for for everyone who's listening so that we can understand Colin just a little bit. So Colin, where where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, I, I grew up uh, just outside of Denver. Um, <clears throat> like a suburban town, small town? Yeah, it was it was a small town kind of butted up against uh, the Rocky Mountains. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. So like small town, like high school, 500 kids? No, a little bit more. I mean, it was a part of the Denver metro area. So, mm -hmm. um, but I think the bottom line to take away from my hometown was that it was extremely gorgeous. Um, huh. And uh, a lot of outdoor sports. 
I mean, yeah, Colorado's like the number one fittest state in the union. Yeah, so. I know. Shout out to my stepson living in Denver. <laughs> Allah. And his girlfriend, who's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people moving there right now. They love it. I know. It's great. We went to visit them yeah. uh, a few months ago. So, uh, okay, so brothers, sisters? Uh, I have a half-brother and a half-sister. So what's the parent situation that you grew up with? Uh, pretty strange. Um, my parents divorced at like nine years old. Mm -hmm. um, my father remarried, and my mom remains happily single. Mm -hmm. So, so did your father? Did you spend time with both? How did it? How how was it? Oh, and did you have brothers and sisters? Let's get that out. Yeah. Well, so my, my oh, we already said that <laughs> brothers. So we under, we need to understand the parents. Yeah. So my my mother had to had a marriage before the one that I was from and mm -hmm. uh, had two siblings, like half siblings from that marriage. And then she remarried my father. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, they're, they're both a lot older than me. I end up relating to older people because of it, I think. Mm -hmm. How much old, how old are you? Uh, I'm 30 actually. And how old are they? They are, um, 41 and 43. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then your dad, what happened? He remarried? Yeah. yeah. Did he have kids? Uh, no, 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 no. He, Obviously not. No. Right? Yeah. See, I was guessing that the half siblings were from them. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh. They remarried at like 60, so. Your your my father. father and yeah and my stepmother oh so. okay so that so they weren't part of your the stepmother was she part of your growing up no th this was probably ten years ago I had I had fallen the coop at coop at this point um mm -hmm. but she's really great she you'd probably like her she's uh probably would yeah she's an environmental film documentarian Ooh, yeah sounds cool yeah and then what about your half your mother's children from the other marriage were they around a lot was the ex was the father ex-husband part of your life or Man, how was that that's that's a crazy story i i told a writer my brother's story once and she said holy shit that's like a book really? <laughs> so, yeah he's he's in jail right now uh -huh. um he's never actually been caught for drugs but everything that he's done has basically resulted from meth um mm. and it's been a he's a very uh handsome uh good-looking guy as are you oh well thank you um but he he uses it to his advantage um he, he <laughs> you don't no well i mean no no, no, no. Well, no he's a very, we'll find out we'll I, make we'll just we'll see i consider okay. <laughs> i consider him I'm to be kidding. a bit of a con artist though kidding yeah. kidding <laughs> kidding that's a joke yeah 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 Okay, so he's a con artist, and um, so was he around growing up then? Uh, you know, in my earlier years, yes. Is his drug uh, ad addiction, like, has that caused a lot of strife in your life as well? Yo, yeah, tremendous. Huge, right? Yeah, it's been a... And what about the other sibling? Um, well, my sister... Um... That's his sister also, right? Yeah, that's his that's his full sister. sister, yeah. right? Uh, my heart goes out to her. I love my sister. Um, mm -hmm. She she has muscular dystrophy, uh, so she's in a wheelchair, uh, um, and she actually lives at ten thousand feet in uh, a little town called Leadville, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Does she um, live in like a group home or something? No, she <laughs> on her own. She lives on her own. That's fucking incredible. You walk right? outside her door in the middle of January, and there's like three feet of snow on the How ground. How does she do it? That's I, like incredible. She's like a tough bitch. It's, tough yeah, bitch. Yeah, I have so much wow. admiration for her. Wow. Yeah. Now there's the inspiration in all this. 
And so what um what about their father? How did he get remarried or anything? Yeah, he did. He was mm-hmm. he was attached to somebody for oh my god, like fifteen years and they finally pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um What was your relationship with him like? Uh you know, I didn't really know him. Um I, I did get to know him some when I was older just because, you know, in light of helping out my sister often mm-hmm. we would communicate. Mm-hmm. But um, he wasn't really that involved in your childhood. No, not really. And so how what was having a sister with MS was she did she spend did she live with you part time, or where? How did your, how did your siblings integrate into your fam, into your home? Um, well, they, I mean, they left the home at an early age, and then I eventually moved with my father. So I, I had a relationship with my sister, but my brother was to be avoided at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so you didn't really live with you. They weren't involved in your childhood very much. No, I mean, young childhood, but like mm-hmm. mid childhood teens, only my sister was around. And then um, having a sister with MS, did that... MD. Uh, M- I'm sorry, MD, yeah. which is very different. Yeah. Um, muscular dystrophy as opposed to... Um, Facial scapular muscular yeah. dystrophy. Um, which is like you're born with that. Yeah, it's genetic. Where MS can develop. But anyway, mm. so it's very serious, uh, yeah. especially in childhood. So... Um, did were you, was that did that affect you being around somebody who had a disability like that or no I think it gave me compassion. Um, mm-hmm. I my mother was actually a nurse and so oh. she she uh, when I while I was growing up she would take care of uh, mentally disabled and elderly in her home so I was sort uh, of around these oh. not that she's in that group but. Yeah. You know, people with some sort of mental disability right. or something. So you were you learn your mother was good with that, and you learned how to cope. That's great. Yeah, that'll serve you serve you well. I'm sure. Yeah, I think yeah. It gives, and then what about your relationship with your father? So you were nine when your parents split up. Yeah. So what's your relationship? What? How did? How was it? And how did you wind up moving in with your dad? Um, you know, things just my mom couldn't handle her situation it was a combination of my brother the stress from the divorce mm-hmm. and um it just it was too much for me to take in mm-hmm. um she was not that she was abusive but emotionally i, th- I would say she was um hey that's tough that's yeah. a tough she's in a tough spot yeah I, but still you're absolutely. a child i get it yeah so you know and she came from a broken home uh, you know what i mean mm. um and so i it was better for me to move in with my father. Mm. He was a bit more stoic. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a bit more of like, you know, an just a very solid figure. And he wasn't on the front lines as much, probably. No, he wasn't. Yeah. So what did your father do? Uh, my father is a contractor. Um, and then he bought some property like back during the 80s. God bless him. Um, mm-hmm. Wish I had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he uh, was the manager of an apartment. So. Oh, so he... Um supported the family fairly stable yeah 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 yeah. um okay so where did you go to college i didn't Uh uh-huh i'm I'm very proud of that (laughs) good no good especially you know if you're a creative person or something you don't need that i consider myself an autodidact so i I, i'm very self-taught so okay so you went to high school and then you graduated high school and then what happened uh, I started working for uh, a, a photographer in Denver. 
Mm -hmm. Um, He was recently named the best photographer in Colorado. Wow. Um, So I got lucky, kind of hitched a ride on his coattails. And then also I was a pedicab driver. Mm -hmm. Um, And we could could do a whole show called Pedicab Confessions. Um, Oh, really? We won't go off on that. Well, you know, you could pitch that to the station. I think it would be great. (laughs) No, those years are behind me. I only have about an hour's worth. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, um, so so, um, how'd you move to New York? Oh, God. We're getting... We got to go back to four years ago, though. But um, well, how long have you been in New York? I have been in New York about three and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting a picture. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's hear about let's hear about what what the hell has been going on? (laughs) Four years. Yeah. You feel is that a journey that you feel like you're sort of sorting out at the point at the point you're sorting out now? Have you heard of Saturn Return? Yeah, I have, actually. Let's, let's just use... Look, I'm not saying I believe in astrology, but let's just talk a little bit about symbolism for a moment. Okay. So I was 26, and um, it was literally... Well, I was 25 at the time. But January 1st, 2013, I broke up with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd gone out with friends, and the next morning she said, look, it's over. And is this in New York? This was in Denver, Colorado. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And... You know, I looked at her and I started crying and she started crying and we both just knew that it was over. Mm-hmm. How long had you been dating her? Um, Two years, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, Which she is was... a long time at a young, in your 20s. Yeah. yeah she, sure. was, she was a very lovely woman. She was actually from Iran, mm. which um, I found to be very fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I very like... Sexy. <laughs> Hot. But of course. Exotic. <laughs> I get it. She was a bit kinky as well, which I liked. Exotic. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, did that? So, is that where your story kind of starts? It then? does. Yeah. That that just fueled um, some really crazy adventures. I hadn't really had many sexual experiences outside of a relationship at, mm-hmm. up until that point. And she, she, her, and I had been discussing swinging, but we never got to it. Um, and so, like, once I had exited the relationship, um, I started poking around at swinging. And, you know, we had done all these mm-hmm. kinky things, and I wanted to do mm-hmm. some of them with other people. Um, and so what happened is I was on a, a swingers website um, in Denver. And there was this woman. She was about nine years older than I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I, I, I messaged her once, no response. Mm-hmm. Twice, no response. Three, three times. And she got back to me. She's like, well... So I have this friend um, who I'm teaching to do tantric handjobs. Mm-hmm. Would you like to come and uh, be a part of my lesson? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the 25-year-old, 26-year-old in me said... You're like, yeah, Fuck wow, yeah. I'm now, <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, yeah. It was... Uh, right now. <laughs> that was probably... Um, we, we ended up meeting each other a couple of times before the actual session with her friend Uh um but i can to recollection that was probably the best sex i've ever had it was like dreamy was it just a hand job oh no it was like a lot more it was yeah it was five hours of of um whatever yeah stuff there's a lot you can do you can get a lot done in five hours i had no idea you could kiss two 20s yeah i had no idea you could kiss two people at the same time until that Mm. day yeah i can't say i have done that But um, let me ask something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were saying that you hadn't had a lot of sexual experience before your Iranian girlfriend. Now, did she teach you or I, was being in a relationship an impetus to learn or experiment more? Well, I mean, I, I had 
sexual experiences. But... Yeah, we're not saying that, but I mean, like you know, kinky stuff or however. Oh, you, or no. or it did it expand your vocabulary? Did she expand your vocabulary, or just the relationship being in the relationship itself? expand your vocabulary yeah i think we played off of each other quite well the iranian and i had very good sexual chemistry um Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's good yeah yeah we we sort of Mm -hmm. had a running tally on how many places we'd had sex in public and nice um (laughs) so and you know just the various different explorations that we did together right 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 okay so what what happened when you broke up like what how did that affect you like do you remember how you felt um, <clears throat> well, was it a surprise to you? She uh, initiated no, it. No, it wasn't. Um, I think, you know, one of my biggest problems with her is that I wanted to sort of travel and do spontaneous travel and plan travel. And, and when we talked about this, she would literally start hyperventilating. And, um, mm. so, you know, there were so many things in my life that I sort of wanted to, to go out and explore, mm-hmm. um, for myself. So would you say that it was kind of... M- Partly because your age, being that you that you were hungry for life experiences, because you were in line for them, as yeah. a young man. Mm-hmm. So had she, she had traveled. She's from Iran. She had probably traveled and seen the world quite a bit then. Um, yeah. Like I'm wondering why it made her anxious to travel because you it was she affected by all the travel she'd been through, or did she just? Like what, 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 did she have a need for stability? Like what, I mean. I don't know. I think travel wasn't the issue. It was just sort of the unplanned travel that bothered her. What did she do? Um, she, well, she'd graduated with a degree in economics, uh, Uh and then went on to, to fashion merchandising. Uh, but she Um, was more of maybe a serious businesswoman type more. Oh. I don't know. I have but no she idea. liked organization and control? Uh, no, she was pretty relaxed. I, I wouldn't say control. Um, I think, she, well, that, I mean, it's an interesting point. And I don't want to go too much into this Yeah, bit, I know, because we want to hear about the sex and stuff. But, <laughs> well, but, but, but but it's just, it's hard for me to understand exactly. Yeah. And it's fine. We can, well, maybe we'll figure that out further along. But it, it doesn't immediately make sense why your desire to be, to travel spontaneously. She she was she was afraid. Um, I th- I think there was a lot of fear of the unknown in her. Not that she wasn't um, a very capable individual, but she yeah. liked to be planned. She liked to have things laid out, and mm-hmm. you know, just that was, maybe her nature. Then, yeah, that was her style. Okay, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, you broke up, mm-hmm. and then what happened? Well, you know, I sort of went on this crazy adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I ended up, I told you I'd ended up dating and also topping this, uh, dominatrix named Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a, a fascinating woman. Um, she was a, she had a degree in, uh, creative writing, mm-hmm. actually masters in creative writing. Mm-hmm. Um, she just finished a book recently, um, <clears throat> and, uh, she's trying to get it published, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I learned, uh, I sort of entered into this relationship with her temporarily for about four months and mm-hmm. learned quite a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, mm-hmm. go ahead. I'd like to hear more about that. What did, what did, um, what did you, what did you learn from your, learn about yourself? Like how did she enable you to, you know, explore? Um, well, I mean, the nitty gritty was she had $60,000 worth of sex toys in her basement. Um, hmm. 
and sort of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> so you had access to a gym that you wouldn't a private gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, wow. toys. Uh, mm-hmm. No, she and she was fascinating. And you know, not even to look at her in terms of just sex. Like she breathed sexual wisdom. I mean, there was mm-hmm. there was something very uh, distinctly unique. That mm-hmm. was she older than you? A lot older. She was nine years mm-hmm. older than I was. But she also seems like somebody who had a, you know, had a real connection to sex. Yeah, uh, probably a visceral kind of inter. You know, in kind of a very real way. Like, you know, uh, Basquiat was good at painting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> Winston Churchill was good at leading. Like, she was good at knowing and understanding the depths of the human psyche and wow. as it relates to sex. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like a really interesting woman. She was amazing. Yeah. So we still talk. I. I oh, wow. We got to get her on. Well,. <laughs> She she's on the West Coast. She's married. She's got twins now. That's but. great. <laughs> well, shout out to everyone who's married and has twins. And I know a couple of people. <laughs> um, um, so so okay. So um, what was so what what was like your relationship like? Were you guys was she your girlfriend or no you were her top so what was what what changed or what how did that affect you like what was that like well she was kind of in between relation like long-term relationships mm-hmm. at the time so i was sort of this in between i don't know if you'd say rebound or what we had something very meaningful mm-hmm. um were but, you exclusive no in fact mm-hmm. uh we had sort of an interesting game anytime that she had and i between times when we would see each other I would tell her to um, to count the number of orgasms that she'd had, and for every orgasm that she had, I would give her um, five spankings. Nice. And um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Sounds like a good trade. Yeah, yeah. So she sounds like a win-win. It, well, I think so. <laughs> there were definitely a lot of interesting stories there. I don't know how in depth you want to get into that, but well, as in depth, I mean, you know, th- this is not an FCC. I mean. What, what, so now you're, you're kind of, this is, so this is a therapy Mm. part. So it's interesting because there's part of you that wants to talk about it in detail. Yeah. And we're all ears. And yet there's part of you that feels like you're not quite sure if you, if it's a good idea for you. Are you serving wine? Where's your hesitation? Are are you serving any wine? Um, (laughs) I would, but I uh, um, doesn't go good around the equipment. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, um, we 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 all carry flasks on our, on ourselves oh, in I this station. Mine today. Yeah, me. it's too bad. But you didn't um, give me that I'm briefing. curious about your your hesitation. Uh, well, I mean, it's a. <clears throat> I don't know if there's really necessarily hesitation. I mean, I'm... why don't why don't you tell us some details and then see how you feel? We'll talk about how it felt. Okay, you want to try that? Yeah, I. I'd okay, like let's to, do it. I'd like to start off by I have a moral to this whole story, but this is definitely the lead up and the build up, and this is the, uh, definitely a fascinating part of that story. Okay. Um. <clears throat> well, you know, I spent. Uh, a good number of, of days with her exploring my own sexuality. And I, I topped her. And beca- because she was really going through this odd place in her life, I think she wanted to switch for me. And it was just, a, it came very naturally to me. You mean, she, by switch, you mean be submissive? Yes, correct. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, we would talk about her clients. We would talk about her friends, um, mm-hmm. the people who she saw. Mm-hmm. Um, occasionally, there was a, a, a slave in the front yard raking in drag. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so it was all very uh, fascinating. And mm-hmm. not that it was necessarily a new concept to me, but mm-hmm. certainly um, to see some of these concepts in my mind firsthand uh, was fascinating. What it, Like what? Well, I'm, you know... You, you mean like a slave or something like that? Yeah, you, you know, you hear about dominatrixes right. having slaves, but you don't right. actually ever see them. So, I mean, to be immersed in that... I've, You know, I mean, uh, yeah, so to be immersed in that world is yeah. really what you're saying. To yeah. really be... You were kind of really there on a, on a first, first-hand basis. Yes. Yeah. yeah, to see it all close up. Yeah, I could mm-hmm. see that being dramatic. Yeah. So, um, and that was new to you, and and was that very different from anything you experienced in your life beforehand? Then I don't know. It felt natural to me. It felt natural, but did it feel natural in like kind of a new way? Um, I mean, you know, I was, I was twenty six, and I was just right. Like, no, but a, a some people never get there. You know, yeah. some people have no interest or yeah. don't. It wouldn't cross their mind. Did you feel like? Did you get a feeling of? Oh, this is who I am, sort of thing. Um, you know, or it, it was who I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say that. To Did you some, feel like you found yourself, sort of? Uh, I don't know about finding myself. I think it was more of a phase. You know, I mean, there's definitely remnants of that in me today. What I'm curious about is if it was the actual sex or just the open-mindedness and the possibility of sex and life. The like, did it open you? Was you know? And I have no idea. Like, was it? She opened me in a big way. She was also a licensed hypnotherapist as well. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been a cover for taxes. Mm-hmm. I, I have no idea. But did she did she hypnotize you? She actually. We did sessions, and I mm-hmm. you know this is sort of. I think this is like the last phase that I had where I was like processing all these emotions. I was mm-hmm. going through a breakup, and she's like, "Look, I can see what's going on in your life. Let's do some hypnotherapy sessions." Mm-hmm. And they they. Um, that was helping me work through and move through my pain at the time. You know? And when you say your pain, what do you mean? Well, I'm, you know, I had just broken up with a girlfriend again of two and a half years, mm-hmm. and um, I was a little bit lost, you know, as mm-hmm. to what I wanted to do with my life and where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Did you get some um, kind of stability from being in that relationship um, that you then had to, you know, replace sort of thing? Um. Wait, which relationship? They'll break up the Iranian girl. Oh, um, no, I, I think we were ready. Right. Her and I were just, we had sort of mourned the breakup already. But anyway, there was a void. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, there was a, a lust for adventure. Really. Right. Right. I, I can imagine. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you went for it full force. Oh, yes. Right. Mm. So, oh, yeah, so you're remembering. <laughs> yeah. Those, those, those are, uh, if you want, I can leave the room and you can, you know. No, no, no. Whole station I mean, that, yourself, the, the radio show would be boring then. So. <laughs> I don't know. I think you could make it interesting at this point. Okay. I'll leave it to you. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. Um, uh, so, I'll tell you um, one really dirty detail. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I told you that she was... Uh, that I was topping her, and one day she was being a bad girl, of course, as as uh, submissive does. And so mm-hmm. I told her if she didn't stop defying mm-hmm. me, that I would make things very hot for her. 
Hot. Hot. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did not stop defying me. So I went and I got some hot sauce. Mm-hmm. And I put it on my nether region and started fucking On yours? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, how was that? <sighs> I mean, you know, when you're in it, you're in it. So, so that's like pain and pleasure kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. That's way past my sexual pay grade, I'm going to say that. <laughs> it, it's past mine now, too. You know, but really? There were... You couldn't picture doing it now? <laughs> no, not at all. But, they, you know, there was paddles and black and blue and bruises, but only in places where, you know, what you wouldn't be seen in public. Right. It was all very right. professional, precise, Yeah, amazing. I mean, I mean uh, it's a great, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I've been, you know, I mean, it's not, I mean, I'm familiar with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's a great to have all those kinds of experiences mm-hmm. must be a great toolbox to draw from as a creative person. It, it certainly was. And is that how you're kind of seeing it now? That's what I'm getting. <clears throat> I think more than anything, what I got from her was a, sort of a launching pad into the next area of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd mm-hmm. say that as far as kink goes, that was certainly the climax. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just was this fascinating person. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of it had to do with the hypnotherapy to allow me to work through this and to, you know, move forward mm-hmm. and to achieve my dreams. So it was kind of cool instincts that whatever let you, led you to her mm-hmm. uh, was kind of um, a developmental area for you yeah so absolutely. that was like good instincts on your part no well thank you um yeah no i was i feel very lucky very blessed to have met yeah. her you're in touch with something yeah so um ha- did that relationship end yeah well, i mean you guys are so friends but. she she found somebody and um ended up becoming monogamous with mm-hmm. him um so she, she how was that for you or i was very hurt oh yeah so that wasn't you didn't see that coming? Um, no, Were not you surprised by that? I mean, monogamy isn't the thing that I w- would guess, you know, it isn't the first for. thing. <laughs> no, it's not like the first thing that, you know, you'd think, oh, she wanted to be monogamous. So she <laughs> broke up with me. Like, that's not what would come to mind. Yeah. I mean, she, maybe you helped her get to that phase because maybe you appreciated her in a way that um, some of the other men hadn't appreciated her. And so she, it might have been healing for her do you do you see what i'm saying yeah you know i don't know i I, honestly um the book that she went on to write was about that relationship um and that she embarked on um and he he was just he ended up being a very controlling individual from what i understand you know she wrote a letter to dan savage and uh it was published and i read it and i'm like oh so that's what happened with that guy oh really that's interesting yeah so he was very controlling what happened he um he asked her to be monogamous and to quit her practice. Uh-huh. And um, uh, unfortunately, she did. But then, uh, I mean... To it keep, didn't stop there. Well, yeah, to keep his story short, they broke up after a year and a half. And then mm-hmm. she found somebody and really mm-hmm. settled down. And that's when mm-hmm. she got married and had the twins. Right, right. Yeah. Does she seem happy now? Yeah. I, you think it's the best thing for her? Oh, I, yeah. I, t- I uh-huh. keep in touch with her like every other month or something. And, and um, is she still a dominatrix or has she no, given that up? She's given it up. She's a mom. Yeah, she's a mom and a writer. So mm-hmm, and a writer. Yeah. So, um, how was that when she broke up with you? How did that? Ha- was that? What was that like? Uh, well, I had no idea it was going to hurt so much. 
Let let me just do a station ID because I just want to remind people that I have to. I mean, I want to. I don't. I want. I want to hear the story. So stay. This is a good break because they'll stay tuned. So um, thanks for listening uh, to Radio Free Brooklyn, which is the best radio station in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, Now's a good time to donate money to anything having to do with free speech. So go to our Facebook, our uh, website, www.radiofreebrooklyn.com. And if you want to call in and you have something you want to say, please do, 718-928-9732. Thank you. So what was it like when you guys broke up? Like, what? Ha- how- tell me about it. What happened? Um, How did that feel? You know, like, I tried to uh, stay in her life, and she said no. And so that was it. We just, we cut ties. Um, and I actually um, booked a one-way ticket to Iceland. Oh, wow. Why Iceland? Um, it was actually by accident. <laughs> so, yeah, because you never know. You know, just, you could take a wrong turn and wind up in Iceland any day. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, I almost went to Iceland last night. I know. <laughs> yeah, no. But I wound up in, ch- don't even get me started. <laughs> I just have to say, I wound up like a 10-minute drive turned into it almost an hour with um, a guy who had moved here from Tibet who was learning how to drive a cab. And that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I, and I was trying to, I mean, God bless him. So, uh, so what happened where you, de- you were really upset, right? How'd you process that? I mean, it was, I, I accepted it. I wasn't that like heartbroken. I mean, mm-hmm. I just didn't see it coming. It was a bit of a mm-hmm. shock, but you know, at this point I'd sort of, because you weren't monogamous, like you didn't no. have like real expectations for a future. No. Okay. She so. was thirty-four and I was twenty-six. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, you didn't you didn't think like this is it. This, y- you you knew what what it was. Yeah. You saw for something else <laughs> what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how ha- what how did that affect you? You know. So keep going. Um. <clears throat> well, I you know I but I would honestly say that she was the catalyst for going to Iceland. You know, this there was sort of the animosity between my ex and I, and not and unplanned travel and you oh, know, right. me having this wanderlust, you know, so it mm-hmm. was, it was very symbolic of, um, me attempting to meet my needs, you know? Uh, and so I was actually at work one day when my friend was showing me pictures of Iceland and she meant to go to Facebook, but she accidentally typed in Iceland air. And I, I was like, uh, why'd you do that? And she's like, Oh, and I went back and I looked and tickets were 300 bucks wow. direct from Denver. And I was like, wow, I think I'm going to buy a one way ticket. Wow. So I did right Love it. then and there. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah. So what happened? You went to Iceland? Yeah, I spent I spent two months there. Um, mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, I ended up going on to other locations, but I think Iceland was probably the most important bit mm-hmm. um, because I, I mean, I floundered around. I had, a, I basically landed with a one-week stay at an Airbnb and mm-hmm. then ended up traveling the island. I got in touch with an artist residency you needed to apply for for about nine months in advance and actually mm-hmm. ended up, um, they had an opening. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> so took a, 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 an, this opening at the artist residency, paid $500 for the month, which is a fucking steal for rent in Iceland, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And um, Sounds great. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and... And traveled around, met some really incredible and lifelong friends, mm. and even met uh, my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend of two years wow. on that trip. Wow. She was traveling through Iceland, and we met each other on the streets. Wow, so romantic. Yeah. 
And was she from New York? She was from Sydney, actually. Sydney, Australia. Wow. Yeah. So did you guys live in New York? She moved. Did you guys, when you left after two months, did she come back with I'll, you? I'll keep that short. Sh- oh, right. Store, short, excuse me, I can't short. talk. Short. <laughs> um, but we met each, I ended up going on to Paris, and she spent 24 hours with me there on this, like, crazy, wow. like, sex-filled, like, not wow. leaving the house, you know. Oh, man, that's just, the book I want to read. <laughs> you know, then finally, like, needing a break from sex and getting a bottle of wine and going down by the canal. And I, I had no idea that this girl would be this meaningful to me. And um, then she, I went back to Denver, and we were in Denver literally when, like, a 400-year storm landed. We were going to go traveling together in the mountains, and mm-hmm. we were stuck inside for five days. Mm-hmm. She got really bored and booked a ticket to Detroit. She's like, look, I'm traveling. I don't want to be inside. Mm-hmm. And so she booked this ticket, went to Detroit, and felt so guilty about leaving me. Mm-hmm. That I, and I was so broke after three months of travel. She's like, "Look, I'll buy you a ticket out to New York because it's going to be my birthday in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Are you sure you want to pay for that?" And she said, "Yeah, I don't mind." And so she booked me a ticket, and I went mm-hmm. and spent probably one of the most fantastic weekends of my life in New York with her. Um, we even like <laughs> speaking of. Um, I went to, we went to a performance one night uh, during this whole escapade, and uh, we were a bit drunk and walking over the Polanski Bridge uh, mm-hmm. on our way to the subway to take it back to Queens when mm-hmm. uh, I popped her over this gate on the control tower, and we had sex on the Polanski Bridge. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like this epic moment, and I actually told her in that moment that I loved her. Oh, wow. It's so beautiful. I, we had not, we'd known each other for three or four months, but most of it was over text. We'd really spent two weeks in the same room together. And um, she didn't quite reciprocate it until we got back to where we were staying when she said, I love you too. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. Well, good for you putting yourself out there. It was, it was that, crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of movie-like. <laughs> it was very movie-like. Well, X-rated movie. Really so, <laughs> so, so you guys, so you wound up staying in New York then. I I went back to Colorado and she went back to Sydney. And I remember seeing leaving on the bus and watching her stare at the bus that it drove away. She was so heartbroken. I could tell. Mm. I mean, you know, we may not ever see each other again after this mm. magical weekend in New York mm. together. Um, and she, a month later. Um, got a visa. Oh wow! To come and and live with me in New York. So, were you, you must have been thrilled, right? I was very thrilled. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So that must have been great when she came. <sighs> yeah. Um. For a few months. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for like a day or two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, she lived with me in New York for a good solid two years. And how was that? Um. Well, today it was the best relationship of my life. Oh really? Yeah. So it was really good. It was fantastic, yeah. Was it like, oh my, when she first arrived, was that like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here? That must have been incredible. Yeah. When she got, got to your, when, you know, got, would you meet her at the airport? Um, no, she, we, we met each other at the train station and must then. Must been incredible. It was, it, it, we had just been talking for three hours a day. Oh. Yeah. I, I, oh, never God. running out of things to talk about. Oh, wow. Girls are going to love this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I, anyway, so, so it was a good relationship for two years and when did it end? Well, and, and actually, um, 
I should sort of preface this by saying, you know, a month before she had arrived, you know, I said, I said to her that I wasn't quite done exploring my sexuality. Mm-hmm. So I said, I want to be in an open relationship mm-hmm. to her. Now, mm-hmm. there's no sort of lack of love from my part, but I was seeing other women during this time. Mm-hmm. When she was living with you. Yeah. And when you say seeing women, is that women regularly or just like having sex with women occasionally? Um, were there particular women that you were dating as well? Yeah, there were. There was one or two women that I saw regularly. Yeah. And, but you, but she knew that. Yeah, she did. And she was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I I have doubt of, but but that's just me. Maybe that's my narrow mindedness. I don't know. Well, what do you think? Do you think she really was genuinely okay with it? Yeah, and I guess maybe that's. I'm wondering. This is what I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm wondering if um, that was really just you wanting to explore sexuality, or if there was some sort of fear of intimacy. You didn't want to put all your eggs in one basket. Like I'm just not sure. Yeah, that's if you were playing it safe, or if you really. And I don't. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe just a horny young man. <laughs> just didn't want to. Shut the door on things. I, I don't know. I know. I tell this really monogamy is is kind of unnatural anyway. I get it. Yeah. But. So anyway, but she was cool with that, or or that wasn't a problem in your relationship. Not in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know. And then what happened? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I I tell this really romantic story about being reunited with my one true love, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, wah wah, like, hey, let's be in an open relationship. So, mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, okay, sure. And how long did that take? Did it take like a week or two, a month or two, six months? To what? Well, till till you declared, let's be in an open relationship. I mean, I declared it before she even came. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's safe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. No, there there was no lack of honesty. Okay. It was all... That's good. Yeah. Well, Uh, that's good. I respect that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So, So it was okay in the beginning and then... Yeah, she was all on board. Like, we had a really great sex life. She wanted to explore this idea. Um, mm-hmm. She was happy about it. I, did she have sex with other guys? She didn't, actually. She could have. She could have. Right. Yeah. But she didn't. She chose okay. not to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, how did it progress? Well, I mean, in the beginning, she loved hearing all of the stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. She just, she's like, oh, my God, what happened? And I would tell these stories while we were having sex. Yeah. You know? That's hot. Yeah. I think that's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was into it, you know, uh, it, it, it rolled well. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is incredible. You have this amazing ability to sort of interface with me on this deeper sexual level, you know? And, and I thought that we had something kind of special in that way. You know, she's letting me explore myself within this relationship while she's, while we, I felt like, and I think she felt like we were very much in love. And there's a sense of intimacy in the, um, it seems, because you were sharing your sexual experiences outside the relationship with her, but you mm-hmm. weren't sharing your sexual experience with her outside of the relationship. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was always very emotionally loyal to her, regardless of who I was seeing. Right. 
Yeah. And were the girls okay with that, or did that ever become, like, were you mean to those girls? That's what I'm wondering. Was it hard I, on them? I consider myself to be, uh, or considered myself to be ethically non-monogamous. So mm-hmm. all parties involved are consenting and are aware okay, of the so circumstances. They were, yeah. Yeah. And they were, that's their choice. I got it. You know, those mm-hmm. are the things that I learned from dating that dominatrix, you know, ethical mm-hmm. non-monogamy and, you know, sort of being honest and upfront. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is truth can hurt sometimes. And also people think they can handle things or they're okay with things that they're not. But that's yep. also not your problem. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't be responsible for everybody mm. but yourself. Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, so what, ha- so how did that, so, okay, so it was okay in the beginning. Yeah, it was. And she- then, and then, and then it wasn't. Well. Or what happened? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, she was always, I think she was always very supportive, like, mm-hmm. throughout the entire relationship, mm-hmm. but she wasn't very good at communicating with me how much it had eroded her in the end. Ah. You know, and I. I think that was the mistake that I made was just not really paying attention or, you know, being as serious as I should have. I mean, it was the most magic and happy two years of my life, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so she she acted like everything was okay, and she probably, in her mind, believed it was, but but in a certain way, it was upsetting her. Yes, yeah. And how did that come out? Well, um... I I think that's really, I've talked about this on these shows before because I do think a lot of women, like, um, you know, I think it's just biology that men are, you know, that women, women feel like they're supposed to, like, be cool with, like, you know, any kind of, you know, sec, open sex and stuff like that. Mm. And if they are, they are. That's great. But you don't have to be if you're not. And I think a lot of women put pressure on themselves to be cool about being more open sexually than they are. I mean, it's biology where you have to have babies and settle down. That's nature. But so I just want to give a shout out to you are a cool chick. Even if you want to be monogamous, Mm -hmm. you can still be cool and be monogamous. It's okay. Yeah. I I mean, there's no pressure not to be right. I would personally think that I wish that she had been more open and more upfront and more communicative with me about her feelings. Like, yeah, so how did it come out? What happened? Oh, man. I mean, that's... And see, this is the part where I'm just so fucking heartbroken. Mm-hmm. Um, two years into the relationship, you know, she has her ticket back to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the reasons at the time were, you know, she had been uh, working this job that was just working her to death. I mean, mm-hmm. we... What was she doing? She, um, she... She was working in the uh, the 3D uh, scanning and printing industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like a graphic design related yeah. job. Yeah, something like that. I With mean, a lot of pressure and deadlines and yeah, clients. And, it was yeah, a I got it. Startup, uh, not a lot of weekends, couldn't get any mm-hmm. time off. You know, right. like it just, it was right. killing her. She's like, look, you know, I can, she was sort of joking about how she could go back to Sydney and she could, um, <laughs> you know, get more time off to come and see America than she could while living in America. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> and they'd pay you better, you know? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So she was getting used or treated shitty at work. Yeah, absolutely. Not so uncommon, but she, yeah. 
So um, she got a ticket to go back to Sydney because of work then? Yeah, I mean... Did the, you think she was... Was she moving back to Sydney then? Well, you, she was. And we were going to stay together and try and figure it out. And, um, and you know, so we actually ended up taking a month-long trip. Uh, mm-hmm. And we, we went through Hawaii. My family was staying in Hawaii. And then her family was in Hong Kong on mm-hmm. business. And mm-hmm. we went to Hong Kong. And then we went to Sydney and we went to Melbourne and we spent time at this beach house with all of our friends. And it was like just this real, and that, that weekend at the beach house was probably the best weekend of my life, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I have pictures of just the joy on both of our faces. We were more in love then at the end of our relationship than we had ever been in the whole time we'd known each other. And it would had really shifted from this, like, puppy, you know, new love to something more solid, mm-hmm. S- you know, something built on a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I, uh, you know, she called me up, like, three weeks into me being back in America, and she's like, look, I can't do this. I can't be with you anymore. I need to be free. And... My heart broke, but I thought, okay, you know what? Let's give this some space and we'll figure Mm -hmm. it out and Mm -hmm. we'll keep talking. And what I, you know, later learned is that she wanted to get married to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, she had never really communicated that to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, but I wasn't ready, you know, when when the time was right for her. Um, And so I, we spent the next four or five months of our lives saying, we're going to get through this and we're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she started drifting away. Mm. And uh, and I, I just, um, you know, this is sort of the coming of age part where you think something is certain and you think that something is going to happen. And that's when she cited the non-monogamy as the reason for our split and Mm. her being hurt um, Mm. that she didn't want to be with me any longer. So it wasn't until five months, six months after we'd entered Mm. the relationship. So, so, and you were taken by surprise, obviously. So had she ever indicated that during the relationship that Mm. uh, she, she wasn't comfortable with being non-monogamous or? It was one or 2% of our communication. But I mean, did you have, did, so... There were inklings. There were inklings. But did you, did you, I mean, it's, it's really, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's every, a relationship is everybody's responsibility because yeah. it's a third party, the relationship. But I mean, she, she did not make herself clear. Did you, did you, would you have been okay? Did you leave an opening for her to make herself clear? What do you, th- what's your feeling about it? I mean, I'm sorry that mm. happened and I'm sorry you guys didn't communicate and there's a whole life lesson in there. Mm-hmm. You're a young man, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But no, um, so what's your feeling about it? Do you feel like you miss the signs or do you feel like, are you angry that she didn't communicate more? Like what, what's your feeling about it? Well, all? I mean, yeah, it's two way street, you know, like I miss the signs, but the signs were very subtle. Mm-hmm. And they were a, a very small majority, you know, like I say, one to two percent of right. the signals coming from her. The rest were, you tell me that story. What happened? You know, like right. I'm being supportive of you. So she was really conflicted, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, but I didn't know. <laughs> you well, know? she she didn't know, maybe. Yeah. Well, and I'm she, thinking she didn't know. She, that's a good point, actually. You know, like she was blaming work and she was blaming stress and she was blaming America. Mm-hmm. 
when there were other things that were going on. How old on. was she? Uh, this was she was twenty four at the time. Oh, that's really young. She's I younger know. than you. Yeah, she's. So years. I'm guessing that maybe she, she didn't know. Yeah, I think that's a really astute observation. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And so that hadn't occurred to you, maybe, or um, you know, I just felt well, like yeah, she was more aware. Were you? Were you like the adult in the relationship in that? Um, you know, you were in. The, you were you more like? I mean, she's a young woman from a foreign country. Were you in the position of making the decisions and stuff like that? I mean, yeah, that's not uncommon. No, for, she. Speaking of therapists, she gave me a chocolate bar with number one therapist on it. One <laughs> I love it. So, so she kind of put you in that role, um, you know, where you were. She, she uh, for good reason trusted you. You're trustworthy in your. I think you're like. I think you're, you know, heart, you're, I think you're a really ethical guy. I don't have pro. I don't think that's a problem. I think that, um, you know, you and her both didn't, you know, it was a risky situation yeah. that just didn't work out. But I, I don't think, I think she probably, you know, thought, I think she probably put a lot of faith in you, which kind of confused her own feelings about herself. Yeah, sure. So, um, so when you heard that, like, so what was that like? How did, how did you feel or how did you respond to that? Well, it was, you know, it was a very, our relationship had a very slow death. Mm-hmm. It was a very slow, painful death. Um, mm-hmm. And she asked for space at some point. And again, I think this is a big part of the not knowing, not understanding what that space really meant. Mm-hmm. And she she kept telling me she's like I just need this space for me right now so that we I can make we can make us stronger and I'm like that's not how you make us stronger she, I'm like this and my friend was telling me he's like that's when girls start to detach and I, again she I'm that's I'm, that was my inclination well you but, know but you told her this is bothering me now mm. you told her you said if this is what you said that's not how you make us stronger so what you're saying to her is. You're wrong. I no. don't agree with... I mean, but but I mean, that's there, like... That was juxtaposed to the fact that she had told us we would make it through whatever. Mm-hmm. So there was there was mixed signals mm-hmm. coming from her, and I wanted to believe the signals that were saying we were going to make it through this and we were going to be strong. Yeah, and it's also like a long-distance relationship, which puts a whole other level of like, 10,000 miles. <laughs> yeah, no, it puts a whole other level of like just miscommunication by nature. You know, I yeah. mean it's unavoidable. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were upset by that. I can understand that. Yeah, I was I was heartbroken and um at some point she you know, we would talk about the people we were seeing, you know, but mm-hmm. at some point she's like, "Oh, there's this guy and he's really into me and um funny side story uh they made out one night and then they went back to her place and had sex for 45 seconds and then he says i'm a 30 year old or was a 30 year old virgin until 45 seconds ago. <laughs> awesome <laughs> so that's it, a public service thing <laughs> i know that's what i said she she told me she's like look if he told me that up front i wouldn't have done it you know and i i almost kind of guy the guy's not an idiot <laughs> well it was for a long time. But <laughs> okay, okay um, so we have five minutes left. And before we go, I want to see how um, 
that experience has affected you going forward. So I want to know, like, have you dated anybody since your feelings about monogamy and where you are today and how, how that's all affected you? Well, let me, I'll wrap it up yes, by finishing yeah, with sure. the 30-year-old virgin. Yeah. They broke up because he was too needy at some point. Mm-hmm. And I, in October, had um, booked a ticket to go see her for a month in January to try mm-hmm. and work things out. Mm-hmm. And a month before I got there, she started seeing the 30-year-old virgin again. Ah. And they were dating. She said it wasn't serious. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wouldn't so much as kiss me when I got there in January. So she didn't tell you that before you came? She did, but... You I, didn't believe it or uh, you well, couldn't... It was hard to believe. I mean, we were madly in love. Like... So you, so she told you before you came. Yeah. Well, after I bought the ticket, though, I bought the ticket. And All right. She... But but you went there with knowing that she was gonna be she what she was dating somebody and it was monogamous. Did you know that? Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, she was. Well, she said she wasn't. It wasn't serious, but you know, I. Well, I mean, I can I can see you know you you guys were really had a meaningful relationship, yeah. and I can see like. You know, I can see why you would have, you know, not, you know, I can see why you did what you did. It makes perfect sense. But it, but it, but that was still not quite black and white either. That's all I'm trying to say. When she told me this, I mean, I had been thinking about monogamy for, you know, four months or something at this Mm -hmm. point. Like, let's make this happen, you know. Being monogamous with her. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That was Mm -hmm. my lesson in all of this, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, and when she told me this, I had just the worst weekend of my life mm. where I realized I wanted to marry her. Oh, mm. yeah, that's harsh. Yeah. I wonder also if um, the fact that the guy was a virgin, if there was something about his simplisticness and sexuality is something that the opposite. she wound up needing because it was just too much, too complicated for her to handle with you. I think she might have gone the other way. I think that's also a very astute observation as well. So, uh, but uh, (laughs) don't compliment me. You know I hate that. I'm sorry. My sincere apologies. about that. You've seen it, haven't you? No? (laughs) You'll have to show me. My shrink says compliments make me psychotic. (laughs) So anyway, um, no, I mean, you know, I mean, we're we're all learning here and the, you know you learned she learned you know you guys are young there's a lot of time to develop and you know you know what i mean this mm-hmm. is all this is like a great thing to be experiencing in your at your point in life because it will inform your decisions later that are more uh going to have more consequences uh, and also a lot of people never really explore anything and then never really find out what they want and can can't even make it don't learn enough to make informed decisions. Mm. So, uh, two minutes, really one. So, what's your feeling about monogamy now? That's what I really want to know. Well, you know, I, I'm getting to that age. I don't. I hesitate to say biological time clock. But and how old? You're thirty. I'm thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, there was another woman that I wasn't ready for last year, and she won't see me because I went to Australia, and I want to desperately see her, and she actually wants to get married and have children, and um, and I'm. It makes me sad that I don't have this sort of. I've missed out on this opportunity um, mm-hmm. because you know I have 
come to realize what I want in life. And that is a partner, a lifelong partner, and mm -hmm. that I want to do the work on myself. And not mm -hmm. saying that open relationships can't work, but finding the person that an open relationship would work with for a lifetime is like your dating pool just gets like infinitely mm -hmm. smaller. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I am not someone who is afraid of intimacy. I love mm. it. Yeah, it seems like it. I, I love it. I love it. Dr. Lisa gives a shit.